Hey guys, welcome to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is Adam's Family Values. According to Google Movies, Gomez Adams and his wife Morticia are celebrating the arrival of a baby boy, but siblings Wednesday and Pugsley are none too happy about the new addition, and they try their best to eliminate the infants. When nanny Debbie Jelinski appears to keep the kids in line, her presence leads to an unexpected treacherous twist. It's streaming on Sling and on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics give it a 77 and the audience is 63. Hmm. Wow, the critics give it a higher rating than the audience. That's right. I'm always, yeah, I'm always surprised when that happens. Um, I remembered this movie better than I remembered The Addams Family, the first one. Um, and still watching it now as an adult, I was like, oh my gosh, I barely remembered anything. And also, how is this still so much fucking fun? <laughs> like, as an adult, it shouldn't be as fun, but I feel like I had more fun with it now. <laughs> well, I think the three separate plot lines work really well together and off of one another. Mm-hmm. And that's rare in a movie that you have three plots that are all really good. Mm hmm that come together the way they do in this movie. It stops you from getting bored with just the one thing and keeps the energy really high through the whole movie. Yeah, and I feel like they do a really good job of giving something for all of the main characters to do, even if there are a lot of main characters. Like, the entire family I'm considering as main characters, you know? And um, they all have something interesting going on, even if it is, like, a side thing with one of the others like I I feel like Wednesday and Pugsley's whole thing is more about Wednesday than it is about Pugsley but he's still such an important character on the side like on that on the on her side I guess I don't know (laughs) um and I think that's really cool because they don't leave any of them out really yeah and especially because in the last movie Pugsley didn't really have a lot to do and he still wasn't the main character in the Wednesday and Pugsley storyline but he had a lot more to do this time, and he seemed more like his own character than he did in the first one. Yeah. I also think it's great that they didn't really try to make him like Gomez, even though they made Wednesday very similar to Morticia in this one. I mean, they did in the first one too, but especially in this one, because as she's growing, she's becoming more like her mother. And I think in the first one, they kind of established like a, Pugsley's like Uncle Fester kind of a thing um and but they let him be his own character like you said they didn't even try to make him like his dad or his uncle he was Pugsley and it was great I'd say this is one of the 20 best casts overall of any movie I could agree with that definitely not even just the main cast is so great but Mm. Even the side characters with Grandmama is now Carol Kane. They changed the actress, and it was such a good change. Mm. But Christine Baranski plays a camp counselor, and Nathan Lane is this desk (laughs) prop. And it didn't need to be Nathan Lane, but I'm so glad it was. (laughs) Yeah, that was like, it was such a, I didn't expect it. I had no idea. I didn't like see his name when I like searched up 
characters' names and stuff like that. And I didn't, so I had no idea he was even in the movie. And then I saw him and I got so excited. I was like, I don't even care if that's all you were here for and we're not going to see you anymore. I love seeing him in anything. So it was fun. And it was especially funny because he went from playing the cop that Gomez was yelling at in this movie to playing Gomez in the Broadway musical. Oh, shit. I didn't even know that. (laughs) That's even better. (laughs) We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because the movie hasn't opened yet. No, and the opening might be the one thing I didn't like about this movie the most <laughs> only because and it's it's not a real thing but they're burying a cat that's still alive oh. and it hurts it hurts me I Don't thought you me. were talking about the hospital scene because I thought that was the perfect opener to this movie mm. because yeah, no, it's that. a black comedy and it really wants to make sure you know that right away Mm-hmm. With the little girl talking about how babies come from storks that talk to an angel and lay a diamond in a cabbage patch. And then yeah. Wednesday and Pugsy like, yeah, our parents are having a baby too. They had sex. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> yeah, it sets up exactly what this movie is going to be just in case your parents want to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't expect the other the main kids to also believe in the stork story. <laughs> I still can't believe that this is a movie that I thought was family friendly when I was a kid. <laughs> and yeah. like the first thing that happens is talking about how their parents fucked. <laughs> well, it's family friendly, even though they're talking about sex. They at least say our parents had sex, not they fucked. So it's a little different, you know, True. still a little family friendly ish. And not really. Of course, they move on to family bonding. If by bonding you mean trying to murder Mm. an infant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First of all, that baby is the cutest baby I've ever seen in my life. And also, the mustache. The little baby mustache like his dad. (laughs) He's so stupid and so great. Uh, That baby was actually played by twin girls. Really? Yeah. That's why he's so pretty. Um... I didn't like the baby. I thought there was too much baby. And in the scenes when it was all three of the kids together, it worked. Mm. But the more the adults were interacting with the baby, with the exception of maybe grandmama, it kind of dragged. I was just like, stop mm. it with the baby. I'm done with the baby. Baby hater. Um. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I am like... I am like Debbie. If you want me to watch the baby, just put a shackle around its leg attached to a giant ball and let me read. <laughs> so good. Um, Especially because you know, and Morticia even references later on, that that is definitely something they use for sex. The ball yep. and chain. Yep. So she just attached <laughs> so the baby bad. to a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's the part of the family-friendly, non-family-friendly thing of this movie that works because the kids didn't get that. No. Like, as a kid, you wouldn't understand that that was that. Um, I love that when Pugsley and Wednesday are sitting there and they get pissed off with the whole baby thing because they hate the baby so much, that Wednesday rips off the doll's head and hands it to him, and he's just standing there, takes the head, and is just, like, tired of it. Like, oh, okay, I get it. You're pissed off. You're going to rip your doll's head off. I know. This is what you do. And it's so great, because 
they clearly know each other so well and they spend so much time with each other that they know all of their little like things like that I guess I don't know. and it, it's especially great because they can't just kill the baby they have to have a game in which the baby is Marie Antoinette or <laughs> the baby is a gravity experiment and yeah speaking of the gravity experiment mm-hmm. this movie uses lurch Mm-hmm. It's still very little, but so much better than they did in the first one. I they agree. drop a bowling ball on Lurch's head. <laughs> <laughs> they his, reaction, his reaction is my favorite because he just kind of goes, Ugh, and that's it. And then he just goes on with, I think he's cleaning the windows or whatever he's doing. And it's great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um. I also really like, by the way, in the hospital scene, going back to that for a second, the way that First of all, uh, Morticia is just like, before or before they go to the hospital, I'm going to have a baby right now. And it's just like, yep, that's that's how women announce it, I'm sure. Um, and then in the hospital, uh, Gomez is asking if she's in a lot of pain and if she's feeling tortured and blah, 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 all this shit. And she's just like, you can tell she loves it so much. Mm-hmm. And they ask if she wants that. Um, what is the shot that they give you? Anesthesia. Anesthesia. Thanks. I'm an idiot. Um, they, they ask her if she wants that. And she says no, but make sure to ask the kids. <laughs> oh, what an idiot family that I love so much. Um, yeah, they're great. Yeah, but I enjoy the, the thing with the kids. Like you were saying, trying to kill their baby brother. But doing it in a fun way, because it's going to be a game. We're not just trying to kill him. We're just trying to kill him in creative ways, enjoyable ways. (laughs) Well, and that leads to one of Grandmama's best lines. Mm. Do you think one of the other children has to die now that there's a new baby? (laughs) And she says, well, that's just not true. Not anymore. (laughs) all sadly so disappointed (laughs) i think it's her delivery because carol kane has such a perky high-pitched voice that Mm -hmm. it really sells this character in a way that the subtle actress last time really didn't sell it she Mm -hmm. was still good but this was more yeah i agree yeah she did a great job with it um grandmama was also more i feel like more enjoyable in this too even though she was not in it too much either but her little lines and her little like quirks are great yeah like i think that's what it is this movie has with like lurch and um thing and grandmama they they show up they say a couple of things and then they're not really part of everything as much but you still like they make an impression i guess yeah, it's all about the delivery, or I guess in Thing's case, it, emoting. <laughs> yeah, which he did, he, the, I fucking don't know what to call it. He, he, I'm gonna say he, he did a great job in the first one too, but also in this one. Yeah. That's, that's a weird thing to talk about, huh? I didn't even mean to say Thing. Anyway, <laughs> the, my favorite part of these movies remains the love between Gomez and Morticia because she wants to, oh gosh, what does she want to do? Because he's asking her like if she's okay, how she's dealing with everything and blah, blah, blah. And he sa- she says that she's doing fine with it, but she just wants to- More time. Have time. 
mm-hmm. to conjure up the dark forces and join their hellish crusade. I knew you would have that for me. Somehow, I just knew. It's not even <laughs> written in my notes. I just know this oh movie. And, like, it's my soul movie. <laughs> so I don't have to ask you if you like it or not. Um, but yeah, so she's saying that. And um, his response is, you can, you shall, so it must be. And he's his, he's such a supportive husband. And I adore him so, so much. Like, he is more in this one, I think, even than in the first one. Though later on, he does tell Fester, I hope one day you also experience the joys of having children and paying someone else to raise them. <laughs> he does. Which is, I mean, true-ish, because, like, they're getting a nanny. But at the same time, he's such a good dad. He is. That was one of my favorite quotes, by the way. But I've got so many backup quotes. So even if you already mentioned it, this movie doesn't let you down. It, like You're like, okay, I have like 50 more. Let's see which one I'm left with. <laughs> we could quote the whole movie. And we really it could. would just all be the best quotes. Yeah. Yep. But the nanny search. Mm-hmm. All of the reject nannies were such really good short jokes. Mm-hmm. Particularly the puppet. Oh, yeah. And then the little devil puppet. Yes. (laughs) But I love Debbie so much. I know you do, because you love the actress so much. (laughs) Joan Cusack is not the best actress in the world, because she does that one thing. But I love that thing. Mm -hmm. And I love that she came in so perky and so cheerful and dressed in all white, which seems like such an opposite of them. Mm. but every Adams except the children genuinely seem to like her yeah they do like she Which is mentioned tough to do yeah it mm. is but she said that their baby was cute enough to strangle to death <laughs> and they loved her and I think we don't give Morticia enough credit because she does have that particular way about her But it's so easy for her to get along with outside people because she loves Margaret, too, and Margaret sucks. Yeah. Well, she, I think her thing is, like, she's fine with you. She's not, like, Wednesday about, like, people who are not like them. She's not immediately, like, you're different from us. You seem to be really happy and bright, and you don't seem to love death and torture. So clearly I'm going to hate you. She accepts you. You can be exactly how you are and who you are, um, but, like, you just gotta, I, I guess, I think it's like she doesn't want you to judge them. I think that's the only time, if you were actually judging her family, is the only time she'll be like, yeah, no, get the fuck out of my life. Exactly, but she honestly seemed to like Debbie. I thought that she was being actually friendly and not just like, I'm supporting fester trying to bone you yeah but just like yeah sister-in-law would be cool we could hang out yeah well okay maybe not also, those words but <laughs> yeah i can't ever imagine those words although now i want someone to dress as morticia and talk like that in her voice but say shit like that um a couple of things though um when uh debbie comes in and she sees lurch and she like 
she says something about the house being really old and then she turns and looks at Lurch and goes and big and he likes that attention a lot which I love because you could see he's just like huh okay I could do this and then Morticia gets in the way and then Thing is also trying to get some he's like doing I'm gonna call them push-ups because I don't know what the fuck else to call them on Debbie's shoulder and then she like sucks on his finger and he falls off and it's this the most ridiculous and I think she says I'm good with my hands which is wonderful it's the most ridiculous thing but it sets Debbie up really really well because clearly she's fucked up and I'm sure Morticia can kind of sense that a little bit which might have something to do with why she likes her and wants to actually have her be part of their family and whatnot you know what I mean like she's clearly insane (laughs) true enough but what was thing getting out of that Uh, it does not Oh, okay, in the original <laughs> Adams Family TV show, mm. Thing was a creature that was so bizarre and frightening, you could only see one human hand. In this, Thing is just a severed hand, so I can't imagine there are any sex organs. Yeah. Hey, we talked about this in the last one, and I'm going to bring it up in this one too already. Thing and Fester have something going on. I don't know what it is. They got something going on. (laughs) No, it's confirmed. Yeah. I want more than thing. I want hands. Two hands? Yeah. So thing (laughs) has given Fester at least a few. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to have to say it. I was going to say hand jobs, but thing Mm. is only a hand. So that's like having a dick the size of your entire body on you. Jesus. <laughs> Where did the podcast go? What the fuck just happened? Uh, sorry, but that's not a hand job. That's like a whole job. <laughs> W-H-O-L-E. So yeah. it doesn't have... Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, but Gomez even says to... And this is jumping way ahead, but we're there already anyway. Gomez even says uh, to Fester, like, because he's saying that he wants someone for himself or something. And then he says, "You, but you have thing. Yeah. And they have that whole conversation. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's confirmed. Well, he has thing and he also has a nudie magazine of their mom. That, okay. <laughs> so thank you for confirming that that's what that was. That's something I wrote down. And I'm like, is that what just the fuck happened? Did they both just like what what because i know it was festers but like it's not like gomez was disturbed by it he looked at it and he went mom like no what the funny thing about it was neither of them seemed like they were sexually aroused by it though they said it like they had just pulled an old photo album and pulled out their parents wedding picture yeah just kind of nostalgic and like (laughs) oh it was it was so weird. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, Debbie comes in and is like com- complimenting Gomez and apparently sucking on fingers and like hitting on Lurch and they love her because she wants to suffocate their baby. So clearly she's good for the job. <laughs> um. 
I I like that they are so all of the characters like all of the adult characters are so just like nonchalant about what the kids do including Debbie immediately like she meets them and is just like oh I love them like they're amazing it's like they're disturbed children and they're disturbing also and she has no problems like they drop an anvil trying to drop it on the baby and miss but then there's this giant hole in the ground that nobody seems to like be surprised by or anything like that they just step around it and it's fine no big deal well yeah but i mean she's got a few million reasons not Uh to care yep and i love that they were consistent with everybody else being stupid except wednesday just going yeah i know this is bullshit yeah it's always wednesday it is she's always looking out for her family and of course, Debbie was a great foil to that because immediately she went and said, oh, the kids want to go to summer camp. Those little <laughs> angels, they were afraid to tell you. Yeah. But why is summer camp such an unreasonable request? Considering in the first one, we found out that Gomez and Fester went to Camp Custer for preteen offenders. Mm. Why were they sent point. to Camp Chipper, Chippewa? <laughs> Oh, that's where they wanted to go, I guess. Of course they did. <laughs> my my thing was, like, seriously, Gomez and Morticia fell for that? <laughs> Especially from Wednesday. Like, really? <laughs> there were a couple of things like that that made me go, um, don't overthink the movie. Don't overthink the movie. Yeah. Because, like, the baby has a like a superpower he breathes fire like a dragon and that's like his like being an Adams thing I guess but the other two don't have any powers like that at least not that we've been shown not really and Fester has a power but he got it because he was electrocuted (laughs) yeah oh so then is this Fester's baby fire electrocution I don't know. Could be. <laughs> if anyone loves their brother enough to do it, <laughs> Gomez <yeah>. does. <laughs> no. Yeah, Gomez's love for his people is my favorite thing. I just like he's so good to everybody. He's supposed to be like, oh, torture and violence and death, but like, and he is. But he just, he loves his brother and he loves his kids and he loves his wife and. I'm ruined for men forever now because that's that's the man right there. <laughs> I'm not even attracted to him like physically, but I love his character so much. Oh. <laughs> I think he is still the least gothy of all of them, especially mm-hmm. because this movie tried harder to be gothy than the first one did. Yeah. Like there's more effort put into it whereas the first one just seemed natural. Mm. Gomez is throwing darts and he has Lurch moving the mm-hmm. dartboard for him by hand so he never misses and that is such a rich person thing to do <laughs> it is <laughs> and that's the character he's always had the rich guy who has the really weird like hobbies and I yeah. love that about him yeah it's like he was 
it's like he's not from a fucked up family where generation after generation they've been like this but he was really rich and he was fucked up and so he married into this family and he still is that rich boy you know but now he's kind of adjusted to his surroundings I guess that's what it feels like with him yeah but I mean they met at a funeral so Mm. it can't possibly have been that i mean no. his family we were told in the first one was quite fucked mm-hmm. yeah no it's not actually that but it feels like that maybe they lied to us <laughs> i like that idea better anyway gomez just being a rich i was gonna call him a kid he's not a kid but you know a rich guy just marrying into this going sure whatever i don't care give me my darts <laughs> yeah (laughs) like i will marry into whatever i have to marry into for that woman (laughs) yeah oh i can understand it (laughs) i mean debbie can too i think debbie was legitimately attracted to gomez Mm, yeah the other ones she seemed to be flirting with just so they wouldn't pay too much attention to what she was doing Mm mm-hmm but especially when she has on the double date with Fester and with Gomez and Morticia, she's mm. watching them dance and she's staring at it with actual longing in her eyes. Yeah. And it's not his money she's looking at there. And it can't just be the adoration because Fester adores her. Mm. So it has to be Gomez specifically, unless she's into Morticia, which maybe. Ooh. Well, there's some fan fiction to look up or write, I guess. Um, but no, I saw it about um, Gomez, too, uh, from Debbie. Like, she wanted that. And then she would look so disappointedly at Blair Foster, which, I mean, I can't blame her. Gomez is up there dancing and being a badass. Uh, I have to, I need a new word. I need, I feel like I'm going to bleep myself every time I say badass in any episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's out there being a boss is that better no no <laughs> uh, he's being smooth there that's the word i want he's out there being smooth and she's looking at him like yes that and then she looks over at fester and fester's got fucking breadsticks in his nose yeah and i can't blame her for just being like why why is this the one <laughs> i feel like she would have settled to have gomez and still have all of his money but actually be with him and be even happier because she'd have all of his money but and all of her his adoration, but she'd also have the, like, sex appeal. I mean, especially because her whole speech at the end is that she's never been with a man who gave her everything she deserves that also paid attention to her. Mm-hmm. And she's seeing that Morticia is spoiled with both money and absolute attention and adoration from a man who is that passionate for her. And it's all of the things together that she's wanted and never felt like she got from anyone. No, poor her. So she's having the same problem you're having. (laughs) We're the same. I too am a ballerina graceful and gentle i think delicate and graceful while slamming (laughs) a laser pointer on her hand and screaming not gonna lie that's a me move when i'm pissed off yeah that sounds like me i'm gentle and i care and i love people i'm gonna punch something now (laughs) 
best. <laughs> yeah, she's such a good actress. I mean, like you said, she might not be like the best actress, but she does that role so well. She's like Tim Curry for me. It's like I don't care if you do the exact same thing in every movie because I love that thing. Roll on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk though about <laughs> Camp Chippewa for yes, privileged please. young adults. <laughs> Yes, please. Their tagline is, we're all here to learn, to grow, and to just plain have fun, because that's what being privileged is all about. <laughs> and it's uh. so perfect, because that place is shitty. Like It's borderline racist. It's very mm-hmm. classist. Probably fatphobic, you'd call it ableist. Yep. But in a somewhat... <sighs> intrinsic way that isn't subtle but also isn't like they're never gonna call you the n-word but they're gonna make it very clear that that's what they see you as absolutely yeah because you said you said um possibly racist or something like that i don't remember the exact wording you used but something like that i'm like no no for sure racist they're just not gonna make it a hundred percent clear and gary and becky the actors and I love Christine Baranski I have no idea who Gary is but they're both equally good at just being the worst (laughs) I don't know either of them from outside of this movie but I agree they really are that like perky thing that they do that's very very camp counselor like what you would imagine of camp counselors you know Um, even when they're being complete assholes is it's beautiful. <laughs> it's weirdly earnest. Mm-hmm. But it's also mean and evil. And yep. for the record, you're going to be watching more of her movies because she's the best. Hurrah. I look forward to it. Actually, that sounded sarcastic, but I actually do. <laughs> yeah. And we meet some of the most fun characters in the movie at Camp Chippewa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet Joel who was my childhood crush. Oh, you're Mr. Loverboy. <laughs> yeah, like, I was a baby child, and I had such a crush on him, and it lasted basically from now until 10 Things I Hate About You. I might have <laughs> mentioned that during 10 Things I Hate About You, but I, I think loved him so much. And I love how they introduce the character to us, because his parents are just, they're arguing with each other, and the mom is like, on his case and wiping the dirt I guess off the side of his face with a spit napkin which is just disgusting parents never do that um and so she's doing that and they're just being awful to him and he's like this nerdy asthmatic kid who's just standing there like I'm allergic to everything can I please just go home I just want to go home and read and you just immediately not only feel bad for him but also understand who he is as a character even though he has some surprises um but like it was the perfect build-up and I don't I think he said a couple of words in that scene and that was it. And it was perfect. That's all you needed. Yeah. I think his parents come off like uh, Bette Midler and her husband Mort in yeah. uh, First Wives. That like very stereotypical helicopter parent Jewish. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, that's what they were going for. Yeah, and it's 
it, it worked because it made me go, I hate you. I hate you. You shouldn't be parents. Go away. I mean, like they had his best interest, I feel like at some point at heart, but um, I think they lost that along the way. Like they had no hope for their own son. They were just like, oh, this is a disaster, you know? Well, and they were arguing with each other in front of him about mm-hmm. how it the father was blaming the mother for him having anxiety problems, and that's never helpful. No. Yeah, but, so you immediately feel for that character because of that, though, and it was good. They you do. But even better than him, Amanda oh. Buckman. <laughs> Such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but... She was so great because she and Wednesday had such great chemistry. Because Mm -hmm. she was so perky and snooty and enthusiastic. Mm. But she was also capable of keeping up with Wednesday. Yeah. And you need somebody who can keep up with her or else she can't shine. And she was just the perfect foil to Wednesday. Yeah, I agree. I also love that she comes up and introduces herself and looks at the family and says, why are you dressed like somebody died? And Wednesday's response is, wait. (laughs) So good. Her parents (laughs) were shitty too. Her mom reminded me of Kevin's mom from Home Alone. They made the same faces. Mm -hmm. They had that same hair and the rich woman face. Yeah. (laughs) They were awful too. I mean, especially because, this is skipping ahead, but during the Thanksgiving play, things go slightly awry. Mm. And it takes them way too long to go, well, this isn't part of the play, we should go save our child. Yeah. They're literally holding up a match to set her on fire before those two uh, people get up to save their child. Yeah. Yeah, it was like everything else was okay. They're threatening you. All this shit is going crazy, but you'll be all right. It's fine. Oh, wait, there's matches? Okay, we better get up. Like, what? How did that take so long? How did it take so long for anyone to react, honestly? I don't know. (laughs) They were just special. You know what it is? Is they're rich people. They were probably expecting someone else to do it for them. Like, it's not our job. We're rich. This is someone else. Where's the nanny? <laughs> what do you mean we didn't bring the nanny? Where's the maid? Um, <laughs> but yeah, they. Um, we'll talk more about the Thanksgiving scene. But they, the I, I, I already knew that she was coming back. Amanda was. But not only am I glad that she was back and had a bigger role, but also I'm so glad that they didn't switch actresses because she does a really good job. They like they do. Like, the kids in this movie or in both of these movies do such a good job with the acting, I think. All of the main ones, anyway. There were some background kids where you were like, oh, okay. But, like, all of the, I mean, the Adams kids, obviously not the baby because he's a baby, but the Adams kids do a great job. Um, uh, Shit, I just said her name and now I'm blanking because there's so many names. Amanda did a great job and so did the Joel actor. And my comment about Joel or what's the actor's name? What's your husband's name? That's him. Um, He, I swear, is was born as an old man, just trapped. Like he has the soul of an old man. Hey, so do I. And he's just (laughs) of an old man. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But like, it's he. I'm not surprised at him being a good actor, I guess, because he's 
an old man, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not actually a kid. You're, you're, you're a hundred years old minimum. Speaking of a hundred years old, I <laughs> laughed at possibly the oldest and worst joke of all time because of this movie. Oh, uh, which one? After the awful date, mm-hmm. Fester and Debbie are sitting in the graveyard together. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to confess that she's a virgin and pretending that she's a mm-hmm. virgin. And she's trying to lead him to confessing his love for her. But in between this movie and last movie, he's lost about 700 IQ points. Because <laughs> yeah. in the last movie, he was smart. He wasn't yeah. emotionally stable, but he was smart. And in this movie, he's an idiot. Well, On all levels. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Debbie is confessing, and she says, I always dreamed of meeting someone untouched, someone pure, someone just like you. And he responds, you'll meet him. <laughs> it's the dumbest joke ever, and it makes yeah. me laugh out loud. There were yeah, that was that was one of them that made me laugh out loud too. There were quite a few and I was watching this with headphones on, so I'm sure I sounded like a nutcase. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Um it, she I think it was funny though because and this is gonna jump ahead a little too, but her whole goal is find a man, marry him, kill him on the wedding night, and take all of his money, right? And as we see in this movie, and I'm not sure why she didn't realize it sooner, the easiest way to kill a man is through sex. I mean, he, she doesn't succeed in this, but it is. It's like they're, they're, all the blood rushes to their dicks, so they're not thinking anymore. So just like, why not just do it in bed? Touch them a little, kiss them a little, they're dead. Oh, I'm more thinking get on top, ride them, and then air quotes move too erratically, break Ouch, their dick. Jeez, well, that'll kill him. I mean, eventually, <laughs> but I didn't think we were trying to torture them first. Oh, I like heart attack. <laughs> Well, and what's funny is I was thinking like, oh, she doesn't actually have to fuck them. She just has to like lead them to that. But no, yeah, I mean, if she wants to get her some, she can also do that and then break the dick off. But (laughs) she didn't want some from Fester. She did not at all. And I don't blame her. Like, I love Fester. I love him so much. But I, uh, I don't want any. <laughs> no. Um, I'll say this. I think mm-hmm. I've figured out what it is about Christopher Lloyd's acting in this movie that makes it so great. Okay. He doesn't really have a hair or eyebrows or anything like that. So mm. a lot of his acting has to come through in the mouth. Hmm. his mouth makes shapes in this movie that are weird and they really sell the fact that he isn't right Hmm. yeah that's a good point Hmm. this is the um i I think it's just because i like had it in my mind already going into it but i could tell that it was that actor this time 
Whereas even in the first one, I feel like I knew, but I sat there and I couldn't recognize him as Crystal Lloyd. You know what I mean? Like it felt like it was somebody else. But in, in this one, I was just like, okay, I see it now. I see that it's him. But I think I just got used to seeing Fester. So it was easier to see through everything, like all the makeup and everything. Yeah. But yeah, he it's he's too good at this role. Now, I want you to explain this to me. <clears throat> okay. Why was it played as such a big moment for Debbie to dig up Fester's mom's corpse and take her ring as an engagement ring? Because that seems perfectly in line with everything that the Adams do. They play Wake the Dead. Mm. And they specifically say you have to dig in order to right. wake them. Yeah. Why would it be weird for them to dig up the corpse and take the ring? I don't get it. They're acting like it's such a big deal. The music does the dun dun, like it's a huge thing. It's yeah. like, no, oh, that's perfectly Adamsy of her. Maybe the only thing I thought was that it was two things. One, that it maybe they were like shocked that she did that. And two, that maybe, and I feel like they needed an explanation if this was the case, That, but that maybe the mom, like, like you were not supposed to touch a ring. Like, you can dig her body, body up all you want, but you don't touch a ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that was never stated. It was never explained. Yeah, I, I feel like they just kind of went, it's just going to be a creepy moment. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, the bachelor, it, go ahead. I was gonna say it wasn't creepy and also her insanity I wanted so much for her to not be the bad guy because I wanted her to work with Fester even though like she didn't want Fester or but like or not even be with Fester but like to fit in with the family and be part of the family somehow you know well and she did it's just Mm. for her to do it she would have had to be with Fester and she just couldn't yeah she could have just been the nanny she could have been part of the family that way (laughs) well yeah but she wouldn't have gotten her money and she would have had to work ugh gross and with kids too (laughs) awful the bachelor and bachelorette Mm -hmm. parties Mm -hmm. the bachelor party was the best yep Lurch baked a stripper into the cake. <laughs> I love that so much. Because I didn't know what yeah. they were going for. I thought it was supposed to be that, like, there was a bomb in the cake and it was supposed to explode or, like, something awful was supposed to happen. And then it was even worse than what I was expecting, you know? And it was so hilarious. That made me laugh out loud, too. Yeah, and I loved that it was just like that poor girl, and then immediately they were over it. Yeah. (laughs) And I did love that they had some of the side Adams from the last movie make an appearance there. Mm -hmm. Like Lumpy. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's always going to be this way. Every time I watch these movies, and now I guess because I've recently watched it, once, like, any year after this, since I watched it as an adult, around Halloween time, I'm just going to be sitting there going, man, I wish I had cooler friends. I want to have a party that's similar to these fucking parties where we could have people who dress like Lumpy or Lumpy-esque, you know, or like whatever character, background character or their own made up character that they want, because they do such a good job with everybody in the back. 
you're from Southern California. You wouldn't get that. You'd get the women's party where it's just a woman wearing womanly clothes with their fucking Yorkie in a baby <laughs> carriage saying, no, this is the baby. This is what? Uh, yeah, they would just be slutty ass fucking girls who barely wore clothes. I think you didn't specify that part. Hey, wear whatever you want. When I call you a slut, I'm not saying you're not allowed. I'm just saying it's slutty. <laughs> and I didn't care for Margaret and Cousin It in the first movie. And mm-hmm. now that I've had some time to marinate on it and see what came of it in the second movie, I need it less. <laughs> I have no requirement for it. I'm glad they didn't do anything more from it because she's still awful. Mm-hmm. And she's acting like her teacup Yorkie baby is just like a replacement for the human baby she had last time that just disappeared. Yeah. And she doesn't she say something about how they've gotten offers for the baby? Yes. Yeah, she's not a good person. Like, she's horrible in and in, in not in an Adams way. No. And I'm glad that they weren't in this much more than that too, because there was no need for them, but I do like that they were like trying to do the whole thing of like her meeting Debbie and saying, Oh, you're gonna love it. Like I when I married into the Adams family, whatever. Huh, the Adams family. Um that like basically how great it was for her. I like that they were trying to do that thing for Debbie as like here's an outsider that joined and she's so happy in the family, you know? But uh yeah, she's she's not a great person. No. She's probably the worst person in this movie, actually. I think she's worse than Debbie even. As I said in the last one, the two worst things you can be in a movie are annoying and useless. And and Debbie was not annoying, and she drove the plot. Margaret didn't need to be there, and I didn't need her there. Well, on top of that, I know that Debbie's whole thing is like, I'm going to marry a man and then kill him. But A, the people that she's married in the past, based on her little slideshow at the end... We're not necessarily good people. I don't. I mean, it's not clear that they were bad, but they're people you expect to be shitty people. You know what I mean? So there's that. But also there's the fact that these aren't people that she's supposed to care about, whereas Margaret doesn't give a shit about her husband, her actual kid, or her now it baby. I, I don't remember. Do they call it what? They call it what, yes. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't care about that baby either. So, like, you're at least supposed to care about your family. That's what we've seen from the Adamses. So it's really, really fucked up to see anyone not give a shit about their own family. Yeah. But luckily... Oh, I mean, I, I, I forgot the fact that Debbie killed her parents. But, you know, we, we look past that. They didn't give her the right fucking Barbie. They obviously didn't know her. Okay. <laughs> But luckily, we have been talking about Margaret for longer mm. than she's in the movie. So, mm. mm-hmm. the well, wedding. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the best thing about the wedding for me is mm. that Pugsley was kind of the ring bearer. He was carrying <laughs> Thing on a pillow, and <laughs> Thing was the ring bearer. So, yeah. Thing was the ring bearer, and Pugsley was the Thing bearer. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> that was so awful. I like ugly laughed at that just now. 
my life is complete. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh no, this big bear. Oh, that hurts my face. Okay, we're moving along. Also, there's the whole flower bouquet toss thing that happens. And then Wednesday catches it by, I mean, she doesn't even catch it. It just ends up in her hands. And then the like woman who's part of their family in the background calls her a tramp for it. And I was like, the fuck, dude? Like, calm down. She's a child. (laughs) Yeah. Clearly, she didn't want the bouquet anyway. No, she didn't. But I think Joel's response is, now you have to get married. And Wednesday says, it's not binding. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised that Debbie gave up the charade as early as she did. Because Mm -hmm. she's supposed to be pretending that they're actually getting married. Mm. And... Fester gives this big long speech about how he's gonna love her forever and he starts crying and she just mm-hmm. goes, Ditto. Yeah, I loved that though. <laughs> it was I, funny. But I, I mean, even later, when she's trying to stage an accident and tries to electrocute him, but it doesn't work because he's already been electrocuted before. Mm-hmm. Immediately after that, she stops trying to do the loving wife thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you would figure you'd keep up the charade a little bit longer just to see if you had another opportunity to get what you wanted. Yeah. Well, she's, again, not well. So it's like she's going in and out of her ability to like control that side of her, I guess. Mm-hmm. The more and more she's getting frustrated with him. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense that she gave it up so quickly, but I can look past a lot of plot holes if I'm having a good time. And her being absolutely bitchy to Fester, like, give me a kiss, give me a 20, Mm -hmm. was so (laughs) funny that it's just like, okay, I'll take the plot holes because I like what you did. Yeah. I also like that she... Her response before Ditto it, to his whole speech is like, nice, like completely mockingly. And yeah. I'm not even saying that I would hate the person I'd marry if I were to get married, but I want to recreate that and have that exact same response to him after he gives me this like, long speech. Yeah. Nobody marry me. Just n- never fucking marry me because marriage means nothing to me. That proves it right there. <laughs> It would just be to have a party and make everyone dress up as fucking Adams is, man. <laughs> hmm. Um After yeah. The, yeah, go ahead. After the attempted killing it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They go they get a mansion and hmm. she fucks him and tells him if we do this, you can never see your family again. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Hilarious. (laughs) They go to the mansion, the Adams, to Mm. try and convince her to let them see Fester. Mm. And I love Morticia in this scene. And it's my favorite quote. One of my two favorite quotes, let's say, of the movie. Okay. Okay. Morticia is talking to Debbie and says, you've gone too far. 
You've married Fester. You've destroyed his spirit. You've taken him from us. All that I could forgive. But death. <laughs> Pastels. <laughs> yeah. See, you just, I mean, you can be an asshole. You can be evil. She loves that. She's fine with that. Just, you know, dress down a little, maybe. on the, or, or just tone down the color. Even the line before that, she says that Debbie put Fester under a strange sexual spell and that she respects that. Yeah. I love her and how how much she likes other women. Yeah, she's all a, women. A hell of a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like she liked Debbie. She liked Dr. Pindersloss. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's what it is. She's all for you being a strong woman who isn't going to take shit and is going to, like, get her way, basically. But, like, don't A, don't fuck with her family, and B, you know, don't wear pastels or decorate in pastels, I guess. <laughs> um, There's a lot I want to talk about with the camp scene, so I'm kind of jumping away from the them coming and... Uh, from again Gomez's heartache poor Gomez I feel so bad for him they do it in both movies to this poor guy (laughs) he's so good at having heartache though he really is he's like he's in bed dying (laughs) oh and it's for a couple of reasons right because okay I won't move away from to the to the camp thing we'll save the camp thing as its own little thing we'll talk about but um I loved the thing of them freaking out because the baby has beautiful, beautiful blonde curls on his head. Uh-huh. What a cute baby. Um, sorry, I can't get over it. I love babies. Um, but yeah, they are so like worried and hurt by this. And then I think it's grandmama, right? That says like, he could be a lawyer. Or like some sort of a doctor or something like that. And then she says, president. And they're just like, oh no. (laughs) It was so good. The only thing I liked about the baby getting cute baby disease was Morticia (laughs) reading the cat in the hat to the baby. (laughs) Because she's still trying to be a good mommy. And then she skips to the end and is like, (laughs) oh no, he lives. Yeah, it like that's the thing is like I I didn't remember the baby with the blonde having the blonde hair and turning into a cute baby. I mean, he was always a cute baby, but you know what I mean. Um, I didn't remember that part of the movie. Um, so when I saw it, I was like, oh, like what happens with this? I was trying to remember, like, why is this happening? What's the point? Where are they going with it? You know? And then it didn't matter because it was so funny that they were overreacting this way to it. And I didn't even care if there was, like, an end point to it or not, or if it was just going to continue this way and then nothing was going to come of it, you know? No. Which I'm glad that there was, but I didn't even need it. No, I didn't either. I will say Gomez's Mm. scene in the police station is the Mm. best scene in the movie. Oh. Go ahead, because you're probably going to give us a better line than what I was about to say. Go ahead. (laughs) I just love that he's going through all of the depths and degradations and the maggots that feast upon the human soul. 
and mm-hmm. members of his family are just like, that one's me, that one's me. <laughs> and then Morticia's like, there it can't. <laughs> yep. But the way Raul Julia plays that scene and that he's yelling at the cop, like, Debbie, the temptress of Waikiki, she's taken my brother and married him. They've lived in a mansion where they make love constantly. (laughs) And Nathan Lane is just like, yeah, I hate it when that happens. (laughs) Yep. It's played so beautifully. It is. I'll say this much. You know how much I love Tim Curry. I think I mention it like every three weeks on this podcast. I love Tim Curry. Maybe every week. Go ahead. In... (laughs) The sequel to this, the Adams Family Reunion, uh-huh. Tim Curry plays Gomez, and he does not hold a candle to Raul Julia. Oh, shit. Why would they put... Why him? Tim Curry. That yeah. makes no sense. They changed the entire cast. It's a very weird cast. I believe Daryl Hannah plays Morticia. Who's Daryl Hannah? Uh, so bad. Look man. her up after. Um, okay, I will. <laughs> but, but yeah, Gomez no, is I not my favorite character in either of these movies, but I think he's the character that makes the movie. Like, he's the emotional mm. core of the movie. Without it, mm. it would just kind of be a bunch of goth jokes. Yeah. And he is my favorite character in this movie. I thought I was going to pick two, like a woman again this time. And... I still love Morticia. I still love Wednesday, but he, in this one especially, he was great in the first one too, but Gomez in this one had me, I think, laughing the most probably, and then also feeling the most. Like I felt so much for him, and I just, I love him. He's, he's the perfect man. <laughs> yeah, um, I love him too. I mean, when Fester comes back, and we're jumping mm-hmm. ahead and we'll go back to that. Yeah. But he is at first blind with grief, going, Where is Fester? <laughs> and then he starts yelling at him and just yells in his face, You are Mr. Debbie. <laughs> yeah. And it's so great. Like this movie needs him more than it needs any of the other characters. And I that agree. doesn't make him my favorite. But mm. I think it kind of should. It should, damn it. What the hell? Um, I also really love two things. So when Fester comes back and he's doing the whole, you're, you know, you're Miss, Mr. Deborah or whatever. And he and uh, Fester says, I'm an Adams. Like, that's all it takes for Gomez to snap out of it and be like, my brother, he's back, you know, and like love him again and hug him and stuff, which mm-hmm. is cute. Um, but also in the scene with the cop, when he's yelling about all of the things that he's seen. And then at the end of it, it's it's such like a, shit, what do they call it? Where it's like built up and then you're like, okay, that's it. That's all you had for me at the end there. Yeah, like a letdown. Letdown, yeah. Um, he says, because he says all these things that he's seen and then he says, but I've never seen you. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the end of that thing? That whole speech of yours? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. and he and uh, Nathan Lane play off each other really well in that scene because like 
the cop is just sitting there just like, okay, all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm, I hate it. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I I totally hear you. But like, he's never getting dramatic. Whereas Gomez is yelling, you know, Um, and it just works really well. He even tried to give him a chance, like, just leave. Just leave now. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But of course not. No. That would be very unlike Gomez. Hmm. Uh, Devi tries again to kill Mm -hmm. Fester on their one month anniversary. Mm -hmm. And she gets him a gigantic gift and then says she's going out to get the champagne and her shock and annoyance when he guesses that the gift is a live bomb (laughs) is hilarious and especially when he's like wait for my birthday like this woman has no idea what she got herself into uh nope not at all i also really love the cartoony ass like haha I'm going to hide the bomb inside a giant gift box no one will know <laughs> like that's such a cartoon move it's like a Bugs Bunny move and it was wonderful yeah <laughs> but yeah this woman is getting tired of trying to kill this man at this point basically it's like the fuck more do I gotta do come on just I'm gonna blow up the whole mansion that I like she just got it she just decorated they've just moved in all their shit is in there and she's just like yeah no i don't care he needs to die (laughs) well especially after learning everything that she did about the atoms Mm -hmm. you'd figure things like a gun and a bomb and electricity wouldn't work maybe you should try like baking him a layer cake (laughs) Mm. bake me one (laughs) because <laughs> you figure poison's not gonna work mm. maybe some natural man-made poison there's some sugar in it <laughs> you evil genius you <laughs> oh well i i love her practicing her crying by the way she does it a couple of times once is when she's in uh, the house and she's in front of the mirror and then the other time is in the car um, she's trying to, like, pretend to cry, except she doesn't ever actually full, fully put any effort into it. Like, she wipes her eyes, but it's like, you weren't crying. There was nothing there. No one's going to fucking buy that. Um, but maybe, who knows? Maybe once the cops arrived, she would have amped it up, and then it would have been more believable. I don't know. Yeah, it was a great shot, though. Her just sitting outside in the car, watch, looking at her watch as the house exploded. <laughs> yep. And her non-reactions were so good. She just sat there, and it exploded behind, next to her, and then all this shit started flying um, towards her car and on her car and everything, and she just kind of glanced at him and then gets out and says, help, help. <laughs> Very quietly. <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh, man. But again, yeah, thing saves the day because yes, no one else is smart enough to do it. Okay, how? Uh, I think you said this in the last one, too, because I think Thing drove a car then, too. Or did he know he ran? Or he ran. He ran, I guess, is a word we can use for it. Um, how's he driving a fucking car? That's not how cars work. You don't just press down on the gas pedal and then it just keeps moving until you hit the brakes. Like, your foot has to remain on the gas pedal unless you're going downhill. Oh, I assumed maybe he had like a brick on it. 
but he slams down on the brakes with his I know so I don't know I mean that would have been a smart idea but then you can break the car until you move the brick <laughs> oh yeah this is the most unrealistic <laughs> thing about the hand how it drives yes obviously <laughs> maybe it only came this time because it was lonely and it wanted his boyfriend he was jealous okay right yeah like uh, you chose her over me but i'm still gonna save you because i love you and i miss your giant penis <laughs> it might not be giant for us but for a thing we've already had this conversation moving i am saying <laughs> um would you like to go to camp yes please no god I, well i've never been to camp actually so maybe i don't know but yes let's go back and talk about camp. um I'm going to say this before you take this line away from me too, because I think this is my next favorite one, aside from the one that you already said. Um, when they're doing the lifeguard rescue swimmer drowning thing, um, and Amanda and Wednesday are paired together, of course, and Amanda is all excited to be the victim. She says, I'll be the victim. Wednesday's response is my favorite thing because she just very dryly and calmly says all your life and I'm like I, I hate to say it in this way because I'm being highly judge judgmental but perky blonde white girls yeah yeah you're gonna be the victim your whole life because you want to be <laughs> I mean ironically Mercedes McNabb went on to play Harmony and Buffy who was the victim about <laughs> six times <laughs> Of various See? different things. <laughs> Your entire life, girl. I'm telling you. Actually, she was also in a movie that we will definitely be watching at some point in the future. Um, he's just not that into you. Not a victim there. So. Oh, I'm excited. I love her. I know. I love the way she speaks. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that was great. And then also, you know, Amanda jumps in and is pretending to drown and is doing a very good acting job because she goes underwater and holds her breath for quite a while. And uh, what is his name? Gary? Yeah. yeah. Gary looks at her at Wednesday and basically is like, well, you know, you're supposed to go in and save her. And she's just like, I can't swim. It's like, well, you know what? That's fair. You didn't ask these kids. You didn't teach these kids to swim. And you didn't ask them if they could or not. You just let a child jump in there and pretend to drown and expect yeah. that the other child was going to rescue her. <laughs> yeah, though I don't really expect a whole lot of uh, reasonableness from no, any of them. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, especially Gary. Gary came off as slightly more of an asshole. Yeah, I feel like Becky went back and forth between being an asshole and like, okay, we're actually going to try to make this work. We're going to work past this, blah, 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 where he was like, no, just do my fucking play. Make my vision come true. Yeah, Jeez. whereas I think Becky actually was like, but can't we all be friends together? <laughs> yeah. I Gary stole Joel's book. Oh, he's like, such a dick that was the worst move he's he the guy he him four eyes too when yeah. he took it Ugh. yeah he's the guy who was the camp bully when he was a kid and then just never left camp mm -hmm. yep but that play gary's vision <laughs> the song was catchy <laughs> 
Oh. I kind of loved no, it. I've lost you. <laughs> That's the funniest thing that Pugsley has done in the entire series. <laughs> it's the funniest thing, but my favorite thing is, I don't remember what Amanda says, but Amanda says something and Pugsley gets offended on their family's behalf and like steps up and goes, what did you say? She calls them circus people. Circus people, that's right, yeah. And I fucking love that because I'm gonna go back to my word. I'm sorry, I can't help it. That is the most badass move from Pugsley we've seen because he's about to slap a bitch. Like, I don't give a shit that you're a girl. You do not insult my family. I will fucking kill you. And it was really cool to see that because you get to see that he has grown up and he's not just standing in the background. You know what I mean? Well, I think that was a good scene. Like, there's the uh, scary story scene where Wednesday's making fun of them all for having plastic (laughs) surgery. And I don't think that was particularly funny. I thought it was, like... I thought that whole story thing was kind of stupid because they do the fake screaming when uh, Amanda's done telling her story. And it's not, I don't think it's like bad acting. I think it was like, ah, yay, your story was so scary. No, they were deliberately acting poorly. The characters were acting badly. Exactly. And then for her to come in and like, I think the point was that you're expecting that Wednesday is going to actually turn this into a creepy story and really scare these kids. And then she does scare them, but not in the way that you would think, not with like a ghost story or anything with like, they all, all their uh, old noses have grown back. And it's like, oh, so it wasn't like hilarious, but it was funny because it wasn't what I was expecting anyway. But I much prefer the scene you were just talking about with Amanda. Because it really shows her as a character. Mm-hmm. Because she feels like she's actually bonding with Wednesday for a second when they're both horrified that their uncle is marrying the help. <laughs> yeah. She can't help herself. She's rich and spoiled. And it was such great setup for that character to keep consistently having her be not only the teacher's pet, of Gary and Becky, mm-hmm. but being that snobby person. Yeah. Because Wednesday is not as outgoing as her mother, but she also doesn't seem snobbish. No. Well, I think Amanda is like a step away from becoming Debbie. Her parents do one thing wrong that she doesn't want. She's probably going to kill them. If she gets off of that spit roast, she should. Yeah, I agree. Good point. I meant before that, but yeah. (laughs) Now, I will say that I liked Wednesday's Pocahontas speech. Mm -hmm. But of the three big character speeches in the movie, it was not the best of them. It was the Mm. worst of the three. Um... I am trying to place the other main speeches. Um, so there's the, hers. The police station. Uh-huh. And I was a ballerina. <laughs> delicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's number one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's number one. Gomez is two. And Wednesday yeah. is three. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they that. were all unreasonably good. But... 
I don't think it was that it was the, it, I don't think it was the delivery. I think it was the ridiculousness of it. Like Wednesday's speech wasn't meant to be ridiculous. It was like, you guys are assholes celebrating something that is about like killing and enslaving people. So Except she doesn't give a shit about killing or enslaving people either. No. Her uh, entire thing last time was that her hero killed people and enslaved <laughs> a minister. She was just using that to get back at Gary for his vision. Yeah, and I can't and blame her. Probably a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I could say that maybe Amanda didn't deserve it because, you know, child doesn't know better, but yeah, fuck Gary. Yeah. <laughs> um, the kiss was weird, though. It was yes. I am. I'm. I'm fine with the love story. I thought. I thought the love story between them was cute. Um, but, and I like that they helped Joel, kind of like grow a backbone, and I, I liked all of it. But I didn't like a couple of things. The kiss was weird, and also and- I. I didn't like that he ended up like dressed like Gomez, trying to do his accent. Yeah, asking Wednesday how he looks or whatever, and I was just like, "Oh no, that's giving me all sorts of like daddy issue vibes." Don't do that. Stop that. <laughs> well, I really didn't mind. Like, it wasn't the kiss itself; it was mm. the fact that before it, they did the Karamia Mulcher thing. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, that what made it weird for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like. It was a pet kiss that was perfectly reasonable for children of their age to do. I had no problems with it, except for the fact that they did the thing that her parents do. I was just like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they just, I don't even think it was, even without them doing the, the parent thing, they made the love thing too big, I thought. You know what I mean? And that's what made it uncomfortable. And I think, yes, the thing with um, them being like her parents was also part of that. But I'm glad at least they didn't make out. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) But it did lead to one of my favorite quotes in the movie. Ooh, okay. Uh, At the end, when Joel is dressed like Gomez and they're talking about love, Mm -hmm. Wednesday says that she never wants to get married. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, but what if you met the right man who worshipped and adored you, who'd do anything for you, who'd be your <laughs> devoted slave? Then what would you do? And she responds, I'd pity him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's like, work. <laughs> <laughs> what's, I think what's really great about that is that we do see a lot of similarity between Wednesday and Morticia, but then that's one thing that really makes them very different from one another I mean there's other little things too but especially that because Morticia like if you're her husband you fucking better worship her you know whereas Wednesday's like I don't fucking want that like I don't want you to worship me get the fuck up like get off the ground be a man you know and maybe Joel will one day grow up to be a man and like hold on to that backbone of his who knows (laughs) maybe yeah. I loved that when they finally got out of camp, though, and they were having the big family reunion, mm. Wednesday was hanging back because she was angry at them. Mm. And her whole explanation was, you sent us to camp. They made <laughs> us sing. <laughs> yeah. And then they just kept their arms open till she was finally just like, OK, 
away and then like ran over and hugged him. Yeah. Well, and I love that because earlier on she said we don't hug and then that's a lie because she hugs Fester and it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she's not going to hug you, but that's her uncle. <laughs> and uh, and her uncle that she thought was dead or about to be anyway. Um Yeah. I also like that what made Wednesday like Joel or at least where we could see it because she moves closer to him is when he says that basically fabric softener cause could, it could be a cause of death to him. And that makes her smile and switch closer to him. And it was stupid and funny. I don't know why. Yeah. But I think that's ultimately what will come between them because mm-hmm. in the end, it's not like she can have any respect for him. Yeah. Unless, you know, he surprises everybody and starts killing or something. Um, yeah. Was Joel scared of Michael Jackson, by the way? Yeah, it was, was a that a thing that happened? Of Michael okay. Jackson in the <laughs> Harmony Hut. <laughs> that was funny. And I don't know why, but it was really funny. I loved that Joel wanted to protect Pugsley from seeing Disney because he's just a child. He's just a child, yeah. <laughs> That whole Disney thing was funny, actually. And then they're just in there watching all sorts of fucking family movies. And it's supposed to, it's like, what do they call it? Like when you're gay and they send you to camp to like get the gay away from you. Yeah. I mean, not that that's funny. It's just funny that they were trying to make this be like, it's that kind of a thing, you know? They full on sing Kumbaya. They did. It was horrifying. It was so horrifying that Wednesday was holding on to the gate. Yep, she was terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she comes out after their whole Disney family movie thing, and she's telling them that she wants to be perky and happy and all that shit. And they're like, really? Do you mean it? And then she does her little smile that takes her a while to do. And it's so creepy. It is the creepiest yeah. smile and. I'm going to stand by it. She is a damn good actress. She, she was is. so young here, too. But she did a good job with that, too. I was expecting it to be, like, Scary Movie 5, where it was like, oh, sweeties, you mean it? And she turns back to a demon and he goes, no! <laughs> yeah. I think they did a lot of that in this movie, actually, where you expected it to go one way, and then it was surprising, you know? Yeah. Not but like... See- big surprise but yeah i think that scene proves that i was talking about with debbie though because Mm. she was so excited that wednesday was smiling it's like isn't she pretty Mm. i think she really just wanted to help this troubled girl fit in with the other campers yeah she also says something like she's saying all these things like um aren't we tired of them acting like this and they're like yeah and aren't we this and aren't we that and then she goes don't we just wish they would die and they're like yeah and she's like no I'm like fucking <laughs> hell you're crazy <laughs> she was a fun kind of crazy though I think it was enjoyable whereas I fucking straight out hated Gary <laughs> yeah there was also um I think it's their speech before the play begins if I'm not mistaken where he says white meat and dark meat take it away Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, dude. You, you can't you can't do that. But he does that. It was a turkey reference, though. Uh-huh. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was. And how do you pronounce Jamal's name again? Jamal? Jamal? <laughs> and then they just give up. Yep. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, there's also, there's so many good little things that happen in this movie. When they're doing the bow and arrow thing, and they just yell, at, first of all, they yell at Joel, and he just, like, throws it, and he just glares at them because he's so fucking tired of their shit. And then Pugsley comes up and they yell at him too, I think. And then he like shoots it and he ends up shooting a, is it an American bald eagle or whatever the yeah. fuck kind of eagle it is? And they're like, aren't they extinct? And she's like, they are now. <laughs> it's those kinds of lines. That and then there's also the whole thing where they're like, oh, they're just shy. And Pugsley's like, we're not shy. And Wednesday's like, we're contagious. <laughs> Like, I want to just say that. I mean, nowadays, I probably shouldn't because I'd probably be, like, forced into the hospital for testing, but <laughs> just to stay away from people and have them stay away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have a question about something that I was confused about and then a comment about something that is probably such not a big deal, but that I'm going to bring up anyway. Sure. Okay, so there's a part earlier on in the movie where uh debbie says that she thought fester was european or from europe or something and fester's response is really but i took a bath i yes. don't get it what what does that uh, mean french people smell that's the stereotype oh okay okay i thought i missed something but I couldn't be bothered with like rewinding to try to figure it out. I just kind of went through it in my head and I'm like, I'll just ask her. Never mind. So, yeah, thanks for thinking. Gomez is trying so hard too. He's like, yes, he's traveled and he speaks <laughs> yeah. many languages. Mm-hmm. I think great she would have been attracted. I think she would have been able to stay married to Gordon. To Who's Gordon? Fester without his memories from last oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think she would have loved taking the place of mommy. Yeah. That would have worked. Disturbingly. Yeah. <laughs> and some other dearest, by the way. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, okay and then uh, the other thing is, is that Fester's supposed to be a virgin in this. Except... I was 150% convinced, I hate saying that, but I said it anyway, um, that he was not a virgin based on the previous movie and his whole thing with the twins. I was sure that he had fucked at least one of them. Well, no, one of them, because it was Gomez that fucked both of them. Well, the argument was that when they were young at a camp, they Mm. were wooing the twins. So wooing doesn't necessarily mean boning. It means pre-boning. And (laughs) Gomez got jealous, so he took both of them and Fester never got to. Ah, okay. Got it. Okay. That that clears that up, too. Hmm. I still, in my head, think that he would have boned them both. Um, (laughs) At least later, like, when he came, when he came back and when he didn't know he was actually Fester yet. <laughs> okay, do you really think Mother Dearest would have allowed no. that? Definitely not that, that of all things. No. <sighs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. <sighs> I want to talk about when Debbie takes them hostage. Okay, yes, good, because that's what I was going to bring up to. 
they're all being so bitchy to her while she's about to electrocute them. Mm-hmm. She's doing the slides and well, Grandmama is being kind to her. She's like, What about your needs? They won't yeah. pay attention to you. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. sound like she's patronizing her. It sounds like yeah. she's honestly like, Yeah, you're right, you should have killed them. <laughs> yep. But the others, like Gomez implies that none of them actually loved her and accepted her into their family. Which I think was a lie. He might not have. But Morticia liked her to the end. Yeah, she did. Maybe he didn't want to believe that. Maybe it was a thing between Morticia and Debbie. (laughs) Maybe Gomez was jealous. Oh, maybe it was actually Debbie's baby and that's why it started growing (laughs) blonde hair. That's the best theory. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, the most impossible, but it's the fucking Adamses. Anything's possible. Okay, so <laughs> this is going to be like the Adams family reunion where it's a three way marriage. <laughs> <laughs> they would be thoroughly happy. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we even, I, don't, I don't know what's happening with this episode anymore. Come on. Um. um <laughs> Hey, maybe Fester could go back and marry the Amore twins and they could have a three-way marriage too. <laughs> oh no, um, Fester gets his later. He does. Hmm. And okay, I don't like the way the baby saved the day. I thought it was stupid and cute. Yeah. And wrong for the movie. Unnecessary. But like, they already used they already used Fester's electrocution earlier, so they couldn't make that be the thing again. Yeah, and it couldn't be thing to save the day because he was also trapped with them. Yeah. So they but needed it to be someone. They did, but maybe it was just because I was done with the baby. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even done with the baby, though, because I loved that baby, but... I didn't see why they did that aside from like, okay, well, we can't think of anything else. Fine. The baby will do it. When Debbie got electrocuted and all of her MasterCards and credit cards started like falling, (laughs) I expected a look who's talking moment where her implants fell too. (laughs) You should have. Fuck. They missed it. They missed that. Well, maybe it was because it was a family movie, you know, unlike look who's talking. Hey, they could have gotten away with it in this movie, I think. They could have. But yeah, I loved that little subtle touch with the credit cards. That was hilarious. Yeah, so did I. I also just really love that Debbie had a fucking slideshow ready to go for this. Like, she planned for this shit. She was like, no, bitches, sit down. Let's get a history of Debbie here. (laughs) You guys gotta know what I've been through. Mm -hmm. She didn't plan for it, though, because she no. just thought she was going to blow Fester up. So she just has this slideshow for herself or for when she gets caught to yeah. like explain to the media <laughs> why she did what she did. Yeah, it's really not my fault. You have to understand. <laughs> that was her manifesto. Oh, I love her. So do I. <laughs> so inspirational. Yeah. Ladies, you need someone to look up to? I've got you. <laughs> 
Though, I will tell you one thing I really didn't like. Sorry, I'm kind of cutting you off. Don't forget what you're uh, going to say. One thing I didn't like having to do with the baby was the really fucking weird baby hand. They also had a weird, like, when the baby was crawling, they showed him actually her, I guess, the actual baby crawling at one point. But then at one point, it was very obviously not a baby crawling. It was like a, a doll or whatever. Yeah. That and the baby hand, like, you couldn't get a smaller fucking hand like what is that like that looked like a man's hand what how did you go so wrong with it yeah it probably was no I think it was a fake hand but still like they could have done better (laughs) they could have what were you gonna say oh I was gonna move on to talking about dementia (laughs) yes okay festers a future in love interest yeah (laughs) I don't like that it was just, like, girl fester. I thought that was uninspired. Yeah. I I liked the name. But, yeah, we have seen fester's tastes. And while the twins were... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say special. Um, they were feminine, you know? And then you got Dementia, who was not feminine. She wasn't, she was barely even like a female Gomez. It was just like a skinnier Gomez, skinnier and taller. That's what I saw it as. I mean, sorry. Yeah, Fester. Um, He, like, she didn't look like, I'm going to say she didn't look like her, his type from what we've seen. No, because especially, I mean, between the Anamore twins and Debbie, which are the only people we ever saw him be interested in. Mm -hmm. And maybe Morticia a little. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he likes very feminine women. Mm-hmm. And she didn't seem to fit the bill, but of course, they wanted to give him a bone at the end. And instead of going, oh, yeah, he fell in love with somebody and they could fall in love with him. They were they were just like, oh, um, don't worry, there's another elephant man. Yeah, exactly. We found someone who's just as hideous as you. And obviously the hideous people go together yeah yeah like if you think about as much as i know we don't like margaret and all that margaret is a feminine looking woman and she ended up with cousin it and cousin it is a ball of hair (laughs) so you know like why not fester why can't fester get someone who looks like debbie doesn't have any hair doesn't want to murder him (laughs) so much but is it because fester doesn't have any hair is that what you're saying yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> she was obviously into the hair, so maybe the hair is mm. kind of the... Maybe that's a thing. But what I'm saying is, it didn't have to be a completely normal person. It could have been an Adam's relative, where it's a conjoined twin, or mm. the person has, like, a hunchback, or something different outside of just being girl-festered. Yeah. Well, I also feel like we didn't need it. It's not like they were going to build on that storyline in this movie anyway. So you didn't even have to bring her into it because he was just so happy to have his family back and we weren't going to have to worry about him being lonely anymore in this movie because he was just so happy to be back, you know, and have like everyone was okay. So I feel like 
if their plan was like, oh, let's give him one so that a everybody's like, oh, good, good for faster. Or if it was like, oh, this will give us something to work with in future movies. Like, I don't know if that was a plan. They could have just saved her and introduced her in the future movie. You know what I mean? It's We get nothing from her except for her name. Exactly. So it was pointless. I will say one more thing, and it's the last thing I have to say about the movie. Okay. I hate the Adams Family rap. <laughs> it, I love it. I made that clear in the first one. How dare you? I don't I even love it. it. I don't even love it, honestly. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this song is amazing. I love it. Play it on repeat all day. No, it was like nostalgic because I had forgotten about it until I rewatched the first one, whenever that was. And um, when I heard it, it was it just like hit me real hard because I used to know the lyrics to it, you know? Like I fucking loved it as a kid. And I think that's kind of the point is kids are supposed to enjoy it. I think that's why the baby thing was in it like it was. I think that's why Thing... Um, does some what I'm going to call physical comedy throughout the movie, like when he's on the skate, you know? Um, all that kind of shit, I think, is thrown in for the kids. And I think the song goes with that. So in that way, I, I don't hate it, but I also am not going to listen to it, you know? Yeah. But it's a fair opinion to have. <laughs> I know. Do you have any more? I do not. I have a final rating. Go ahead. I gave it 100%. I could watch this movie year round just like if I'm just in the mood for it, you know what I mean? Which I feel like I could easily be and not just around Halloween, which is saying something because not that this is necessarily a Halloween movie, but it's a movie you would think more about, you know, during the season. Um, but yeah, I I loved it. There was so little that I was like, I didn't like that one thing. And I think, honestly, the one thing that I could say that I didn't like was Gary and not in the, like, I don't like it. He shouldn't have been in it way. I just hated the character. He was but I'm villain. glad he was there. Yeah, like, he had to be there. And I get that, but I hated him. <laughs> um, there were so many good lines. Um, we didn't say this, but I love Gomez's thing about Deborah, Debbie not being a homicidal uh, maniac. His response to that is like, of course you're not. You're too young. And there's so many little lines like that that just are such nothing lines, but they're so witty. And yeah. So I loved it. There, there wasn't anything I could find to, to hate about it. <laughs> wow. What'd you give it? I also gave it a 100%. And that's not surprising for you, but no. I love that. We gave it the same score. I for think the first this is a first. Time. <laughs> first, definitely. Last, most likely. <laughs> yeah. I loved everything about it. The only thing that I didn't completely and thoroughly enjoy was the baby. And mm. even that hit more often than it missed. Yeah. And it's not surprising because you're a baby hater. I am. <laughs> Probably. Luckily. Mm-hmm. It- next movie there are no babies because <laughs> next time we're starting the evil dead trilogy with 1981's the evil dead starring bruce campbell and ellen sandweiss we're not going to talk about the adams family reunion or the 2019 adams family cartoon movie mm-hmm. but if for some strange reason you want to talk about them with us find us on social media we are on Instagram, Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter at Millennials ATM. And my Twitter is Ami, that's A M I underscore movies. And mine is Cantaloupe underscore eyes, like the fruit. 
We'll see you guys next episode. Bye.